you can't get fired for saying, I think this would help the company make more money. And they'll either go for it or not. And if they don't, put that in your CV. Say that you've got problem solving skills. You can identify business needs and find a company that does want the things that you want to do and also will appreciate your input. You don't have to be actively looking for a new job, but if you're not happy in a role, you can put feelers out there and something might come to you without you having to spend hours or days like applying for jobs. If you're not being appreciated, you don't owe a company anything. You're an asset to them and you're the reason they're making money. Don't forget that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of Dreading Sundays. I'm your host, Daniel K. Chung. And today we have the one and only Billie Gina Hyde calling in from the UK. Now, according to her LinkedIn profile, she spent two and a half years copywriting for births, deaths and marriages. So I'm sure that is an interesting story by itself. So over to you now, Billie. Why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Billie Gina Hyde. Um, I am the Learning and Development Manager at Salt Agency. Um, Before that, I was a Senior Account Manager at the SEO Works. And before that, I was uh, an SEO Training and Project Manager at a children's publishing company. And then before that, like you said, I wrote births, deaths and marriages mainly um my main focus was obituaries i wrote them for three years um bit of a different job um did it for a large newspaper group so did it for like 215 papers around the country um seo wasn't like the focus for obituaries at all but um for me seo and the user experience because the website was so rubbish like they have improved it since so I feel like I am allowed to say that now um I am allowed to go on the attack a little the website was really bad um and they were constantly asking everyone for suggestions I kept put like trying to put SEO forwards and they were like mm, no we're not doing that too much money um and the funny thing is I left because of that uh, and about six months later on LinkedIn I saw that they posted a job for someone to do the SEO for it. And I was like, told you. (laughs) So had to pick writing meta descriptions or obituaries? Oh, meta descriptions. I can automate them. (laughs) So (laughs) can't automate an obit, unfortunately. Ooh, good, good answer. Yes, we can use AI to uh, write meta descriptions these days. So very well answered. All right, so you've been a copywriter for three years now. You move into SEO. Walk us through what that was like. Yeah, it was amazing. So I were um, part of like um, a really small SEO team for this um, children's publishing company. Uh, When I first started, there were six of us working on like an an international like selection of sites. It started off mainly focusing on content because that was – obviously my background um and then I realized very quickly that I think I'm, I'm done with content I can't do that anymore so um I started working on various projects um and making suggestions and getting to like get a big better understanding of the different things um so I originally started as an SEO copywriter there but quickly moved into a new role 
um and they were going through honestly the site is so massive they were going through like mass recruitment on the seo side um so it got to the point where our six people suddenly became 50 in less than a year uh, so we needed Whoa. someone to to train them um and manage all the different projects i went into that now because you have a content slash copywriting background i want to ask you the following and this is based on my own observations of training people who started as uh, content juniors who then moved into an SEO track. And that is, what was that transition like for you from being all content to moving into various aspects of SEO? Personally, I got to a point where I was a bit done with content. I'd been doing, like, I, I couldn't tell you how many obituaries I wrote over the three years before. And then came into a content role where um, I was, I initially started off doing like 40 pages per day um, at like a minimum of like 300 words. And I got really burnt out with it. I ran, like, I just, my brain stopped working. So as soon as I got to start thinking about the bigger picture stuff and content, uh, not content, like technical and getting to learn these terms, I got so obsessed. I think it's my like ADHD brain. I was just like, oh my God, there's so much. And I just thought I were writing content. Like, um, I really fell in love with it. Great. So what you do right now is really interesting. So training and development at Salt Agency. What does that actually mean? So it's, I'm like, I love what I'm doing at the minute. Salt really let me come in and just do all of my mad ideas. And I have a lot of mad ideas. Um, but initially what my job is, is like a bit of a three-pronged approach to training. Um, so we, everyone in SEO and anyone who works within the recruiting in SEO knows there's a massive like skills shortage at the minute. Um, and instead of um, just trying to poach from other co companies constantly, we decided to kind of foster a program of, of actually let's just make SEO more accessible rather than just trying to steal other people's people. Um, so we run a traineeship program, which is currently only based in Leeds in the UK, where we're bringing in people from all walks of life. So people that might want to retrain, uh, people that have just graduated university and just various different things. Um, and we're, we're giving them all the tools to then become um to, to have a successful career, ideally in technical SEO, um, but we're giving them the full spectrum of, of training, really. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying that. We've got our first intake joining us on the 11th of July. Um, and the thing that I'm most proud of, it's not something that I was actively trying to do, but we've got four women joining us. So like, I am so excited to also be playing a part in like closing the gender gap in our industry a little bit. I'm so excited about it. Love it. And I'm very excited for you as well. So when it came to pitching for this role, what what was that like? I'm curious. Um, so it wasn't a case of pitching it to Salt, to be honest. Um, so they had been recruiting and trying to find a learning and development manager um, for a few months. Um and the, 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 there's plenty of SEOs out there with a lot of knowledge, but they were struggling to find someone that can like, would be excited about spending all the time 
just training other people and also had like experience doing that in my previous role a big part of it were training um, people new to, to that company um so we kind of got in touch um in december and we were talking about it um and we had a lot of conversations um and then by feb by february they'd offered me a position with them um so I've joined and then kind of the, that they had the idea of having the traineeship and then I've kind of ran with it and made it my own. Um, and we're also doing a lot like development for the existing staff as well. Like trainees shouldn't get all the focus. Um, so I'm, I'm getting to work with everyone from trainees all the way up to account directors. Um, and I feel like I'm in such a unique position because I get to do everything, but I don't have to talk to clients. Um, which is the best bit. Ooh, I, I love SEO development because, you know, based on my own experience, previous agency at Prosperity Media, we encountered the same thing. And ever since 2020, COVID, there's been a very apparent, as you said, skill shortage. And it's not so much that it was a skill shortage in 2020. It's probably been like that for a while, but it became really apparent because every company and every agency was trying really hard to find experienced and senior staff and they just didn't exist or rather they already had jobs that they were happy with because you know the reality of things is if you know how to do seo really well uh you don't have to be client side you don't have to be agency side you don't have to be in-house you can have a portfolio of websites that make you money every single day so i'm really interested to understand uh now, from your perspective, when you do training and internal development of SEOs, what are the common things that you've come across when it comes to things that uh, people with three plus years experience need to upskill and, and what those gaps are? Um, one of the things um, that I see quite a lot is that there aren't many people that are knowledgeable about most things as in SEO like as a spectrum so I've worked with a lot of people that are amazing at strategy amazing at analysis but then they're not amazing at technical and I've also met people that are like phenomenal at technical but they really struggle sending an email to a client um, so one of the things that I'm trying to foster is is like giving people a very broad understanding of everything and then trying to get them excited about other specialisms. So giving them problems to solve or, or get them to ch kind of challenge what what they do outside of the things that they normally would. Um, I think there's a massive... It's like a bit of a... a like... I don't... I, my brain's not coming to me with the word today. Um, it's a bit of a contradiction because I'm like seeing people that are overconfident sometimes but also lack so much confidence um, and it, it's like trying to just get them to see that they are amazing at some other things and to not neglect it and palm it off on other people. Um, the, the biggest skill gap that I'm seeing at the minute which is industry-wide and we all know why it is is I've probably only come across like this is from within the agency I work at and like in the wider 
community. I've probably only come across like five people that are proficient with Google Analytics for. Um, that one really needs to change because that's going to become such a big A. Um, and I'm not good at it. I hate it. I avoid it like the plague. Um, <laughs> so how are we as an industry going to adopt or better adopt GA4 now that we have a very hard deadline? I think as an industry, we just hate change. To say we work for Google, like not for Google, but work on search engines and work on things that change so often, if we hate change. Um, and I think we need to start embracing it a little bit better. Like I know it's an unfinished product and it's clunky and it won't give me any of the information I want easily. But um, this is something that I'm working on as well is I... I think we all just need to sit down and get used to it and work it because um, that deadline's coming and we can't wait until April to start learning it. We need to we need to start doing it now, um, even if we're not using it as our primary function for reporting or an, an analysis at the moment. So when it comes to SEOs who have some experience, let's say three to five, could be in-house, could be agency. They probably have a, maybe a, they should be in a specialist by then. The next step, what, in your opinion, what are their next steps? And there's usually like two tracks, right? There's either ones with management and one with IC. Talk us through what the options are and how you can, how your training and development usually tries to help people find their way. Um. So... In Sol, at the moment, if we're speaking about them as an example, we're going through quite a lot of change at the minute. So the way I could explain it would likely change because we're currently a small agency, but we're starting to step into like the bigger agency kind of grounds, but we're like we're, we're having to go through change there. However, um, what I'd like to see, not just from SALT, but from most agencies, is to not have such a lin linear like progression path. I think instead of going like exec, senior exec, account manager, senior account manager, account director, or put consultants in where account manager is, whatever you want to call it, because there's such disparity between the different like names. They're basically the same in a lot of agencies. They just called it something slightly different. Um, I think that is a suitable like ladder or path to take if you're someone who's like more strategical or client facing or project management focused however I don't think it captures uh, people that are specialists and um, so I'd like to see more like strategist roles or specialist roles um like technical specialists user experience specialists within SEO um because everyone has different focuses when I was client side my focus was accessibility uh, but my job title was senior account manager that didn't reflect that at all um and also I didn't enjoy talking to clients um so I'd love to see more specialisms and the good thing about being a growing company and having such like a focus on development and training for people is we can identify those those um 
specialisms within people or maybe even like notice that they're really strong at something that they might not have even noticed themselves so you can start pushing them towards things that they are enjoying doing and also like is is really beneficial so we are more likely to get people that are specialists like at salt at the minute we do have um people who are like consultants but the technical specialists or like strategical specialists um, I would just love to see like job titles reflect that, it, it, like not just at Salt, but everywhere. Okay, so that leads me to the next question. Billy, do you think job titles matter? I think they do. I don't know if it's an ego thing or I, I don't know. Um, I've always been a person that really strives to like have titles that reflect what I do. It's not a case of... I want to be an account director in three years because I don't want I don't want to be an account director. But I'd like like I I have got a very niche title as learning and development manager. Um, but my goal now isn't oh I want to be head of learning and development kind of thing. I I kind of just want to um progress. But I do also think it reflects that you are doing your job well if you are having job title changes and are successful it's just a it's a reward um for me at least um but I don't know if that's because I am very like reward focused or if it's, it is an ego thing I'm not sure I think it's an interesting balance because you know from my own experience job titles definitely matter as you're trying to not necessarily get a you know better job title it's more what does that job title represent usually more earning potential and if you have like, if you're two rungs down and you're trying to apply for one that is three rungs up, it's very hard to get that job, right? Unless you really spell out in your resume or you have someone who internally championing you to recommend you, if you don't have what they think as climbing the experience ladder, then it's really difficult. And so that's my opinion anyway, that job titles definitely matter and people who usually say job titles aren't tend to be privileged. Yes, we went there. Yes, we went there. <laughs> I do agree, though. Absolutely. Um, I when I in my previous role, when I did decide that I were going to start thinking about looking for another job, um, I were I were looking probably at, at, at jobs that were way above what I could get. Like um, one of them, I applied for the head of SEO at Monzo Bank. Um, knew I wouldn't get it but I saw the salary and I was like well I'd be a fool to not try um, um, but um, I definitely think there is yeah it, it, I think if say I had a more senior title on my CV I probably in my opinion I've got I had a very good application um, but I do think it does help and it does help with future prospects so that definitely does play a part of it. I hadn't thought of that before, though. So thank you for that point. Okay, we're kind of towards the home stretch, and I kind of want to get one final thing from you. And maybe that's to make it a little bit more specific for a particular person. You were talking about specialism before. Let's say this particular person you know, has a few years of experience, and they've identified, I, want, I don't want to be client-side, but I have a lot of great skills how can they have that discussion with their line manager 
or how can they take the next steps to demonstrate so that they can ask for this responsibility? Uh, so this is actually something that I have done in the past. So like I said, in a previous role, my focus were accessibility. I also specialized in technical SEO and did like ran the training program at the past agency. Uh, but I was also account manager on various clients. So I did sit down with the head of SEO there and said, these are all the responsibilities that I do. These are the responsibilities that I don't enjoy and I don't think you get the best out of me for. So that were things like content management, client management, project management. And I was then said, these are the tasks that I enjoy the most. And these are the tasks where I think there is a need for further support around the company. And I kind of put together almost like in a bit of an Eisenhower chart in the like four boxes to kind of just map out what is a priority to me and what I think is a priority to that agency and also pointed out things that I really don't enjoy and it makes it's less profitable fr- profitable for them because these jobs I don't enjoy them so I either put them off or I don't do as good as I know I could and then I was like I put together a few options that I would like to see and I think would be beneficial one of them being uh, being kind of like a technical resource that if they needed it they could just put me on a client for a month for two months and I'd look at whatever the issue was and help support the team but also then use it as a training opportunity of I'd solve it and then try to get them to solve it and nudge them this unfortunately wasn't signed off and was one of the reasons why I started looking for a new job but I think have those conversations it's worth it it is uncomfortable because you are saying to someone these are areas where I think the business isn't doing well but a good employer would appreciate that and appreciate you trying to problem solve and like think ahead for them. They're not going to, you can't get fired for saying, I think this would help the company make more money and they'll either go for it or not. And if they don't, put that in your CV, say that you've got problem solving skills, you can identify business needs and find a company that does want the things that you want to do and also like will appreciate your input. You don't have to be actively looking for a new job if you're not but if you're not happy in a role you can put feelers out there and something might come to you without you having to spend hours or days like applying for jobs if you're not being appreciated you don't owe a company anything you're an asset to them and you're the reason they're making money don't don't forget that those last two minutes that was a great way to end Thank you so much for sharing that experience. And I love how, you know, without doing a full recap, is that you you put yourself out there, you made that list, you problem solved, you presented it to your boss or line manager. And in the end, okay, it didn't, ha- you know, didn't have the outcome that you were seeking, but indirectly it did because it pushed you to look somewhere else where you could apply those things so that, you know, come Saturday, Sunday, you wouldn't hate Monday. So well done. That's awesome. Thank you. And that's definitely how I feel. Like I'm so excited to work at the minute. And a good employer makes you want to do extra and go that extra mile. So it's those are things that I really look for. And yeah, I love that I did it. Hmm. And and an addition, a a great employer, when you, you know, tell them these are the things I dislike, these are the things that I'm having challenges with, they should help you enjoy those a little bit more or 
provide resources for you to maybe take them off your shoulders or maybe you're overcomplicating things. Like if you don't have that discussion, then it just becomes something that you dislike and put off and that doesn't help the business, doesn't help you, definitely does not help the client. So once again, thank you so much, Billy, for your time. Thank you for sharing your stories and I I, I love what you do. Like your job title, did you make that up or was that already there? Uh, learning and development manager is what I was offered and that is my actual job title but I tend to go by SEO evangelist because I'm pretentious so (laughs) all right folks that's a wrap I hope you enjoyed this very insightful episode with Billy Gina and if you're your first time listener and listening to me stumble on my words on my live outro welcome to Dreading Sundays and I'll see you in the next episode